in an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Happy holidays, Ghoulsters! Welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. On this show, we fan ghoul over spooky pop culture and learn from it, too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. Before we get into a jam-packed episode today, I wanted to open right off the bat with a poll, an interesting poll we had for this episode. I was curious what you all preferred to call this season because the first time we celebrated this season on The Ghoulmates, we called it Spookmas. We had heard about Creepmas and Hexmas, but it didn't quite fit our vibe because we are about keeping the spook alive. So we made up our own term. So I was curious how many of you have adopted that term, stuck to something else, or still stick to Christmas. 40% of you voted for Christmas. 28% of you, which warmed my heart, have adopted our Spookmas term. 4% of you celebrate Hexmas and 28% of you celebrate Creepmas. I'm really glad I asked this question because it really got me thinking about the real reason we decided to celebrate Spookmas. Are you guys ready for some pre-spooky time story time? (laughs) So I want to paint a picture for you guys. It's 2020. Quarantine started out fun. Then we were two months in and started to really stress about stuff, thinking we would have surely gone back to work by now. So Rudy and I created the Ghoulmates to cope. The world was literally ending, so why not lean in on what we truly loved, which was spooky stuff, even though it was still months to Halloween. We never anticipated we'd still be in quarantine by Christmas, and being the branding nerd that I am, I was like, let's make it a spooky Christmas too, and naturally, quarantine continued into the freaking next year, so then it was Halloween, and then Easterween, and then Summerween, and it was really fun, but somewhere along the way, I think we stopped allowing ourselves to accept that we could enjoy other seasons without making them about jack-o'-lanterns. So to the 40% of you who lived your most authentic life by selecting Christmas on that poll, despite what our entire brand is, thank you. Thank you for staying true to yourselves, and thank you for reminding me that while I love Halloween... It is okay to celebrate different seasons and holidays, and because of that, I do here declare that there shall no longer be any holiday mashups in the Mandy Spooks universe. We can be spooky and we can be merry. We can be spooky and we can love love. We can be spooky and love summer. And I'm really sorry if I have ever made any of you feel like you're not spooky enough if you aren't turning every holiday into a different version of Halloween, or as a really good friend and ghoulster told me, a diet Halloween. And I also really want to stress that if you do love the mashup holidays, you go goal. I love that for you. If that is what truly makes your heart glow. See what I did there, my little jack-o'-lanterns. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that 2020 was a really special time for us spooky ghouls discovering each other and that we could be spooky any day of the year. And I think it really became a coping mechanism for us. But after, some of us missed the other holidays. And I think part of being authentic is being confident that liking a different holiday doesn't make you any less loyal to Halloween. 
Now, I apologize for my really long rant, but I really wanted to talk about this epiphany because it meant a lot to me. And I recognize that my options weren't even inclusive of any other holidays. So I deeply apologize for that. So whatever you are celebrating this month, whether it is Spookmas, Christmas, Hanukkah, Creepmas, Kwanzaa, whatever it may be, please know that I am sending you the most beautiful, merry, and spooky holiday wishes. So now that I have left my heart on the table for you guys, let's get into today's episode. Today we're going to grave dig into how to keep the spook alive through December. Thoughts on Tim Burton's Wednesday. I mean, come on, how could we not get into that after this amazing season premiere (laughs) and after that we'll be getting back into bloody binge worthy to discuss the vampire diaries season four i'm gonna warn you guys tis the season for me to be emotional there is so many beautiful vibes in the air right now so i'm warning you now that if you've thought i'm mushy before i have a feeling i might want to cry multiple times today so we're in for a spooktacular merry ride But first, let's get into some very exciting news and updates. Haunted housekeeping. Okay, I'm going to lead with the most exciting part. Are you ready? I have to make sure. Do I have your attention? Okay, okay. (laughs) So in the spirit of the holidays and the amazing Spotify wrapped stats that we got. If you haven't seen them, please check them out on Not Another Spooky Podcast Instagram. I am just overwhelmed with joy, honestly, you guys, but I decided that I'll be hosting a Christmas watch party for anyone who would like to join in on the holiday fun. On December 11th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, we will be watching The Nightmare Before Christmas. You will want to look out for the post on the podcast Instagram with all of the details that you will need. Oh, and did I mention that all attendees will get free Spook Worm Club merch? Yep, that's right, guys. In addition to this, I have been thinking a lot lately about the concept of paid subscribers, and I have decided to stop offering bonus content behind paid walls for the time being. Being completely honest with you guys, there is a lot brewing behind the scenes that will reveal itself in the next few months. But you all know that this content creator journey has not always been easy for me and I'm just now coming out of the fog of a lot of toxic behavior I have experienced and I want to really make sure that I'm leading with my heart moving forward. So I want to make sure that the things I'm doing are 100% pure joy to me and until I can really master that and learn to trust my instincts instead of the algorithm, I don't think it's fair to expect your support or your monthly support, I should say. However, while I don't expect it, I will say that I will always appreciate it because the reality is that the final photo or podcast you guys see is really the culmination of many hours work behind the scenes. So the subscription option will remain open and tips are always appreciated at the link in the show notes. But again, For the foreseeable future, I cannot promise any specific bonus content. I am currently toying with the idea of microcasting for you guys between these bigger episodes. Microcasting is like the new thing, um, so we can stay tuned to that. I'm kind of just currently trying to brainstorm what those could look like. But the upside to that is also that any bonus perks I do dream up, such as the themed watch parties and like the microcast episodes, will be free to everyone for the time being. 
So I really hope that you all will join our holiday watch party. And speaking of me leading with my heart, I have actively started posting to my Mandy Spooks Instagram account. Instagram just hasn't been the same these days, and I really want to bring the magic back to our feeds, and I hope that you guys will join me. If you weren't around in the early TGM days, I had a lot of fun back then, guys. I was thinking about it. I was talking to a couple of friends, and it's just like, man, I really lost my magic along the way, and we used to have so much fun and play games through the posts and just totally nerd out and empower each other and I want to bring back those OG Mandy Spooks days. Who's with me? (laughs) Anywho, before we jump into all the holiday talk, I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how I've been keeping the spook alive. Okay, since we are getting into the holiday spirit, I thought today would be the perfect occasion to have a peppermint hot chocolate. Yum. (laughs) Keeping the spook alive has been quite easy these days with all the spooky content we are being fed, you guys. I'm living for it. So I did watch Disenchanted, which I have mixed feelings about, to be honest. I think we all knew it was going to be hard for it to beat the first one. But I was kind of bummed that the music wasn't as catchy, like the actual lyric, lyrical ones, I guess, not like the score. And uh, let's see what else. I really did enjoy Maya Rudolph's character, though. I thought that it was really fun to see her embrace that character and also having two villains was interesting. So I really liked that part of the movie. An unexpected spooky vibe was the Apple TV movie Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Sorry, I sounded hesitant. I always feel like it's not called Spirited, but I'm pretty sure it is. It just sounds weird. Anyway, full disclosure, it is a full-on musical, but I really enjoyed it, and you can just tell it was one of those movies that was just super fun for everyone involved making it. And like I said, it is a Christmas movie, but there are some unexpected spooky vibes in it, so I do recommend it. Rudy didn't like the musical portion of it, but I really, really enjoyed the movie. And of course, I think the entire world, no, I don't think, I know, because we broke world records, guys. So if you didn't guess it, that's right. I watched Wednesday. Obviously, we all know that. You guys know I have so much to share on that, but I got to focus on the topic at hand first. Okay, so while this is not exactly spooky, I do want to share that I've been focusing a lot on self-scare these days. It took a very long time for me to realize that in order to keep the spook alive, I need to keep myself alive. I am the spook. So especially today, as we are heading into the most stressful time of the year for most people, first of all, Be kind to one another, but also please, as a Christmas gift to me, take care of yourselves. Even if it's going for a walk, listening to music that makes you happy, putting your phone on Do Not Disturb for 30 minutes, that is magical, by the way. Like, if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. Uh, Watching a horror movie, like, whatever it is that makes you happy, please, I encourage you to do it. Just shut off all the noise and focus on yourself for a second because you are very special to me. And I want you guys to be well, to do so well in 2023 and going into the new year with that positive mindset is so important. 
And in exchange, I'm going to promise to you guys that I will continue to prioritize self-care in order to bring the best version of myself to everything I produce for you guys. Anyway, if you want to keep up with how I'm keeping the spook alive, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Mandy Spooks. And while we are at it, let me know if you are interested in seeing some of my self-care journey on there as well. Now that we are all caught up, let's try and get through this next part quickly because I'm so anxious to fangle over Wednesday with you guys. So let's get into Mandy's spooky suggestions. All right, Goolster. So first up in Mandy's spooky suggestions is our watch list, including content you can fangirl over immediately and also premieres you can look out for. Starting off with the premieres, tomorrow we have two big premieres. So we have Violent Night starring David Harbour from Stranger Things, which is about a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family. So Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have all seen that this movie is coming out. Rudy argues with me and says that it is not a horror movie, but I'm like, this is a horror movie. You can tell. There's blood everywhere. It is a gory horror movie. (laughs) And then there is this really fun movie coming out on Hulu called Darby and the Dead. It is a supernatural teen comedy film. It says Darby Harper who is granted the ability to see ghosts after after suffering a near-death experience in her childhood. Then she runs a side business counseling local spirits in her spare time. Sorry, that was written kind of weird, but I was like, let's go with it. You guys got the gist of it. (laughs) It sounds interesting. It looks really exciting. So I'm happy to check that out, especially because it'll be on Hulu. And then on December 9th, we have a spooky version of Pinocchio coming to Netflix by Guillermo del Toro. It, is, it says a stop motion musical and set during the rise of fascism in Italy under Mussolini. So that's interesting. I think I caught a clip of him talking about it and he kind of mentioned how it's I actually really love what he had to say, honestly, because he was talking about how. People have been asking him, like, is it a kid's movie? And then he's like, to like, what what is your definition of a kid's movie? Like in the past, our definition of a kid's movie is very different from what a kid's movie is today because of all of the things that kids are exposed to at such an early age. Unfortunately, like we live in a pretty dark world now. So I really found it interesting to hear him talk about it. And I encourage you guys to kind of like look up some behind the scenes about it if you're interested in learning more, because I love the way he spoke about it. And I'm really looking forward to watching the film. And then on December 15th, I had not heard about this one, but there is a horror movie coming from the director of Annabelle called Lullaby. It's coming out on December 15th, and it says, A new mother who discovers a lullaby in an ancient book and soon regards the song as a blessing. But her world transforms into a nightmare when the lullaby brings forth the ancient demon Lilith. Okay, some Sabrina vibes. (laughs) Sorry, when I think of Lilith, I think of the Lilith from Sabrina. Okay, and then December 23rd, we have Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery movie. I'm not even going to mention anything else about that. I think we have all seen Knives Out, and I personally really enjoyed it, so I'm looking forward to this one a lot. And then this was such a surprise for me, guys, a magical surprise. I had no idea that we are getting Matilda the Musical on Christmas Day. So that is going to be so fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to it. And then some of the things that I recommend 
re-watching or if you haven't seen some of these classics yet, they are high on my spooky Christmas list. If you've been around a while since the Ghoulmates days, this this is not going to surprise you, but they are classics that I rewatch every year for the spooky Christmas vibes. So, of course, Ghostbusters 2 counts as a Christmas movie. Gremlins is like the most fun experience you can think of, especially if you've never seen it. Trust me, I know some of you. There are some of you out there who have not seen it. This is your sign. You got to watch it. It was like such a blast for me to watch for the first time with Rudy. Um, One of the films that, of course, is very, very popular that me and Rudy had never watched until the Ghoulmates podcast was Krampus. And that is such a really fun watch. Also, like not what you'd expect at all. Very enjoyable. And that's kind of like our first winter movie. I'm so excited to watch it this year on a snow day in Denver because it's going to be extra spooky. Like I might even say we should like set up the projector in our patio so that we can like cuddle up with a hot chocolate wrapped in tons of blankets and a jacket because it's going to be freezing, but it will be such a vibe because I love the opening logo for the movie for Universal. I think it's Universal. Oh my God. I hope I'm not wrong. (laughs) Anyway, I love that they transformed it into a winter scene. It is so cool. I love those vibes. And then, of course, we cannot forget Edward Scissorhands. And I want to start a movement right now. How come we don't consider The Grinch Who Stole Christmas a spooky Christmas vibe? Like, he's a misunderstood, misfit, weirdo, Grinchy monster like us. How come we're not making that a thing? Like, let's talk about The Grinch more during spooky Christmas, guys. Okay, and then... I don't want to say too much about why I consider this a Christmas or spooky vibes for Christmas, but I also recommend Last Christmas with Daenerys from (laughs) Game of Thrones. And that's that's how I know her as even though I know her real name. And then going off of our ongoing vampire theme this year, this is not a spooky movie. But if you want your Elena fix, she is also in a very good Netflix Christmas movie called Love Hard. So that's my final little recommendation for you guys on the watch list moving along let's get into some quick spooky suggestions for our spookworms if you're new here welcome one of the extensions of not another spooky podcast is the spookworm club which is a book club for casual and serious spooky following lovers and by that i mean casual or serious on the spooky or following or on the reading part because i myself am not a very heavy reader No reading required. You can follow along with my current reads on my Instagram. So admittedly, I don't have too many seasonal suggestions because I'm such a slow reader, as I mentioned. I'm still catching up on my actual spooky season to be read list, but I did get an advanced reading copy of I'm in Love with Mothman by Paige Lavoie, which is like a cottage course muddy book about a burnt out influencer, sound familiar, (laughs) who runs away to a cabin in the woods and, well, falls in love with Mothman, if you couldn't tell by the title. It's definitely giving me cozy holiday vibes, so I'll be sure to post my review when I finish it. And next, getting into the really fun holiday spirit, we have some notes from our fellow ghoulsters on how to keep the spook alive this holiday season. Maybe it will give you some spooky inspiration. And if it doesn't and you just want to go with the Christmas vibes, that's totally fine with me, too. I will, of course, share any last suggestions I have that might not get mentioned after all of these awesome spooky suggestions from fellow ghoulsters. Okay. So first up, we have two fond of books recommended more of the same reading Christmas horror and watching Christmas horror, end quote. Yes, there the limit does not exist. I love that there are so many Christmas horror movies. However, I'm starting to learn that I don't know that I love horror as much as I think I do. 
I think it's like for the fun mainstream vibe of it, but vibe of it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a little horrored out this season for some reason. So I'm sticking to the spooky side. Yana Loves Mitchie said, it's my birthday month making yearly ornaments for our tree and watching Krampus, end quote. Oh, happy birthday, ghoul. That is so exciting. I bet it's such a magical time to have a birthday, but maybe not because I know some people hate sharing birthdays with holidays like that, especially Christmas. And I love that it's a yearly tradition for your tree. That is so cute. Do you make them with Rory? I bet you do. <laughs> and yes, Krampus is a much must. Okay. NBC lover1993 said, enjoy my nightmare before Christmas tree. Enjoy peppermint mochas like a basic witch. End quote. Yes, ghoul, you enjoy that basic witch drink. I love peppermint mochas. <laughs> Nerd Squish said, be the Grinch that I am. End quote. Hey, that counts. Like I said, the Grinch should be our spooky Christmas icon, honestly. Monica Gellman said, I have so many spooky ornaments that I think this year I'll do a little spooky tree. Spookmas movies like Krampus and Black Christmas are staples, end quote. Ooh, Black Christmas is a fun one. That was one of my first spooky Christmas movies, I think. So that will be fun. And I would love to see your little spooky tree. Hauntingly cute mom said, decorate a spooky tree and watch Christmas horror movies, end quote. Are you guys seeing a trend here? I love how we are all so like-minded. I'm over here talking about how I'm celebrating Christmas this year, but really I do have a spookmas tree. Hey, it's all interchangeable. Some days I'm in the spookmas mood, some days I'm in the Christmas mood. It all goes around here. Whatever you want, that's what it is. <laughs> Halloween is my happy place, said spookmas decorations and tree and a watch of Nightmare Before Christmas. Did I just repeat myself, you guys? Wow, I apologize for that. There's so many NBCs on this list. Like, I have your notes listed out. And if you guys could see how many times NBC has repeated, it's pretty wild, which is why it's like the perfect choice for our watch party. <laughs> so, yes, Daniela Geeman Photography also said, watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Go With The Curl said, get ready to celebrate Krampus with a spooky tree decor and spooky Christmas movies, end quote. Ooh, actually celebrating Krampus. That's another thing that we should have included in our list, of course. Like actually celebrating it, not just watching. Okay, Happy Haunts AZ said, watching all the spooky Christmas movies, Nightmare Before Christmas and Christmas Carol and listening to you, end quote. Oh, that melts my heart that I'm the way you keep the spook alive. Thank you. I appreciate that. Fallen Halloween said, I probably won't for December because I devote that to Christmas, God, and family, end quote. Which is perfectly fair, which is why I'm saying, like, I think we need to stop putting this pressure of everyone celebrating the holidays a specific way. Everyone does it different, and somehow we all come together the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, Wild Rose 01 said, watching Christmas horror movies all through December, end quote. Yes, all through December. What a vibe. I can't believe it's December, you guys, honestly. Okay, Lalik said, my skellies will stay out wearing ugly sweaters and will be little helpers to Krampus, end quote. Oh, that is so cute, your little skellies. Oh, I love that word. I don't know why I'm stuck on it. And then lastly, we have, there she glows again, said, Muppets Christmas Carol has a ghost, end quote. And so does the actual Christmas Carol. Is it Jim Carrey who does that as well? Guys, did we just unlock Jim Carrey as a secret spooky dude? 
Okay, you guys practically covered all of my ideas, but I would say another suggestion I'd add is, of course, spooky fashion. Like, I am obsessed with my spooky Christmas earrings from Beelery. I also love taking traditional spooky clothes and adding something festive to them. Like, on my Instagram, I have a picture of me wearing a Morticia, like, sweater. Sweater? Sweatshirt? I think it's a sweatshirt. And then I wore it with, like, a gold bow and then red Christmas light earrings, and it was perfect. It was, like, spooky, but it was also full of holiday spirit. And of course, another thing is music. It's the perfect time to listen to the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack or Gremlins if you're feeling a little on the wild side this Christmas. <laughs> okay, and next, you all know we have to cover the best holiday treats. Can I just say for a moment that I love how despite how each of us have such different backgrounds or cultures, or celebrate differently differently this month as we have seen. I love how some how you guys covered the majority of all of my favorite treats. So Life on a Caravan said spiked ponche, end quote. <laughs> Man, the word ponche sent me. I have not heard ponche in such a long time, but it like unlocked my childhood because my aunt used to make um a tequila sunrise every Christmas Eve like that was her thing she would always make tequila sunrises so now I want a tequila sunrise of course (laughs) Monica Galman said spookmas treats homemade caramels cookies peppermint bark and buckeyes end quote guys I had no idea what buckeyes were I had to send Monica a message and be like what the heck are these and she's like they're the best in the world if I remember incorrectly I think it was like peanuts dipped in chocolate I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, but to my memory, that's what it was. Uh, Lelik said, I can't wait till it gets cold enough so I can make champurado, end quote. Girl, I had a champurado earlier this season and it was amazing. <laughs> Happy Haunts AZ said, cocktails and cookies, end quote. You can't, you just can't go wrong with cookies. Ooh, I'm going to challenge you, Liz, to make a spooky Christmas cocktail because you make the best 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 like Halloween cocktails and really I just want to hear like a vampire a vampire voice saying Christmas words honestly (laughs) okay Daniela Gibbon photography said almond roca and fudge end quote (sighs) guys I went my entire life never tasting an almond roca until I met Rudy and his parents because his dad loves almond roca chocolates and so that was the first time I ever tasted one and my world changed (laughs) Fallen Halloween said, Fave Spookman's treat has to be pie and buñuelos, end quote. Buñuelos, oh my gosh, you guys, you guys are sending me, I can't. Okay, hauntingly cute mom said, candy pecans and brown sugar ham, end quote. Ooh, candy pecans, maybe I should try making that, it sounds pretty simple. I used to love making, um, like, roasting, is roasting the right word? I don't know. Yeah, I would say so. Roasting pecans with um, a little bit of sugar and then putting them in my salads. So good. Maybe not like a lot, not a lot of sugar. Don't judge me for putting that in my my salads, but it it gave it a nice little touch. Mm, Sounds good. Okay. Go with the curl said evil gingerbread man cookies end quote. Obviously, I can't believe nobody else said this. I'm going to take that one step further and say that you can also make a spooky gingerbread house. That has been on my list, like my wish list of things to do since quarantine. And I don't know why it just never works out. I think I just get busy with the holidays. And then NBC Lover 1993 said cookies and brownies, end quote. Guys, brownies 
Another memory for me, my sister makes brownies every year for Christmas, along with a lot of other desserts. And now I miss her. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Tufana Book said, spiked. Sorry, I missed the S when I was writing this out. <laughs> spiked eggnog. Tommy. Oh, my gosh, guys, what is wrong? I'm getting too excited with all these foods. Okay. Regaining composure in three, two, one. Tufana Book said... <laughs> Sorry, guys, I can't take myself serious right now. Okay, for reals, though. She said, spiked eggnog, Tom and Jerry drink, candy cane coffee, fudge, and rum balls. So question, what is a Tom and Jerry drink? Because I do not know. And rum balls, another thing. Another thing that my sister makes. Okay, now that I've taken a walk down freaking memory lane with you, with all your treats, I'm trying to think if any of mine are missing. Let me see. Okay, so my favorite Christmas drink is hot white chocolate from Starbucks. Ugh, so good. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone else offer it. So if you guys know of any other places or if you're lo local to Denver and know, please let me know. I also love their Cranberry Bliss Bars, which, by the way, my sister-in-law makes. And those are also amazing. But my ultimate favorite Christmas treat is my mom makes onion dip and red chile. And you have to get the ratio right when mixing these to dip with Lay's potato chips. Oh my God, my stomach is growling, you guys. We must change the subject immediately. So on that note, shall we finally get into Wednesday? <laughs> I didn't think you guys would have an issue with that. Okay, this is where the emotions are going to kick in. So I'm going to try really, really hard to not let this turn into the Hocus Pocus 2 review when I totally lost my stuff at the very beginning of the show but you guys I have no words okay I have a lot of words obviously I'm just so dumbfounded that I was here a month ago talking about how much Hocus Pocus 2 meant to spooky girls and here I am a month later completely emotional about another spooky release except I thought Hocus Pocus 2 hit home Wednesday however broke me in the most beautiful ways I'm not crying yet, don't worry. I'm getting like sniffly. So I'm gonna take a quick little sippy sip. <sighs> okay, so first of all, can we just talk about how freaking right Tim Burton got this? I mean, we all knew he would not disappoint, but honestly, for a controversial, allegedly racist director, boy, did he really show us, you guys. The level of representation and honest storytelling in this is unbelievable. There were times when I just had to pause and reflect on how much this meant to me. From hearing one of my favorite Mexican songs, to seeing how Goody talked about her home being stolen, to seeing Wednesday struggle to find her right place between the normies and the outcasts. I never thought I would see my spooky life represented to this extent on screen, and it means the world to me to know that it meant this much to all of you as well. I have rewritten this portion of the show over and over and over and over again because I feel like no matter how many different ways I say it, I can't put into words what this show meant to me. Like, I just can't do it justice. That's how good it was. But I want to share this with you guys. I was scrolling TikTok and this Latina stumbled upon my feed and she had memorized the entire dance and my initial gut reaction was like, ugh, 10 bucks says this girl is not actually spooky. And I had to check myself, you guys. I was like, 
What is wrong with you, Mandy? You have been advocating for this very moment for three years, loudly, unapologetically, relentlessly, and it is freaking happening. And you're going to gatekeep? No, 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 no. And I'm so glad that I checked myself on this. I went through her feed and she was just a simple Latina who loved singing, but something about this show resonated with her enough to inspire her to put on the spooky outfit and learn the spooky dance. And it is so beautiful to me to see a Spanish speaking Latina who has never presented herself as spooky feel empowered enough to show the world how much she loved this iconic spooky scene. And that, you guys, ugh, I almost made it through. That is what this show meant to me. More than Hocus Pocus 2 trending during Halloween, I have had my normie friends so excited to reach out to me about this show, and I can't believe we are here one week post-premiere, and the show has broken a worldwide Netflix record. Yes, even beating Stranger Things. And I know I sound crazy, but this is because of you guys, because you guys have chosen to show up every day as your most authentic spooky selves, despite what the world has told us to be. Quarantine Oween started a revolution, and this year... I don't care what anyone says, this was because of us, you guys. Hocus Pocus 2, The Monsters, Monster High, Halloween Ends, Wednesday. Like, it is all proof that we have gotten so many steps closer to normalizing the spooky lifestyle than we ever have before. And that is truly magical. So I ask you guys, if one of your normie friends brings up the show, get excited. If a normie person posts about something, engage with them. Show them how misunderstood and how truly loving our community is. We will not be like those Metallica fans who were gatekeeping all the Eddie Munster fans. Lead with love. And if you don't know what to say, perhaps share what one of your fellow ghouls had to say. So Essie Zoon said, it's the perfect balance of playful, funny, spooky, and mysterious. I love that they have so many callbacks to past Wednesdays and also use Christina Ricci. End quote. Yes, I love this so much. I love that she said mysterious and the callbacks. There were so many great callbacks to the original. Well, not the original, but to the movies. And I thought it was so awesome. One of the things that Sabrina said that I actually didn't even realize, like, I mean, I did, but I didn't connect the representation there. One of the ones she mentioned was that in the serious dance that Wednesday does, the part where she does like the little flamenco hands are a also like a tribute to that Spanish origin and culture. So I really love that she caught one of those things that I didn't even really think about because it's so one of the few things that's normalized. Yana Loves Michi said, as a Latina, oh my gosh, I'm crying. This feels so real, so beautiful to see us represented, end quote. Yes. Guys, I made it through like my little monologue portion and now I'm going to like lose it as I'm reading your comments. Um, DW Photo 2082 said, perfect casting for all roles. The dance scene is one of my favorite movie scenes in recent memory. So serious, end quote. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly surprised more of you didn't bring up the dance, but most of you sent me personal DMs about the dance before I had even seen it yet. And I was like, oh, my God, I better watch because everyone's getting ahead of me and I'm going to see a spoiler. But you guys were so right. Like, I was worried, too, that it was going to be one of those where, like, everyone had talked it up so much that it was going to ruin it for me because of my expectations. But nope, nothing could have prepared me for that. It was so good. Go with the girl said, I freaking loved it. It made my black heart happy. End quote. Yes, black hearts come to life. 
Bernadette Navarro said, magically dead, end quote. <sighs> wow. Honestly, two words, but that is like so spot on. It was magical and it left me dead. <laughs> Horror ghoul Lily said, loved it, but still had some unanswered questions. Hopefully we get a season two, end quote. Cool. I would bet money right now that we will definitely be getting a season two. So don't you worry. Halloween is my happy place said enjoyed first episode on drop day and planning on watching a few more this coming weekend trying to not rush through it love the design elements costume set music end quote wow you have a lot of restraint poppy <laughs> I admire that you were able to kind of like pace yourself through it me and Rudy are the opposite like we hate it when we have to watch things slowly we accidentally started watching sex lives of college girls this weekend and we didn't know that it wasn't complete yet. So we were left on a cliffhanger and we were so upset because we thought that there were more episodes already. So that was a big mistake for us. Okay, Allison Wanderlush said, so good, love the music and Jenna killed it. Hope there's a season two, end quote. Okay, why aren't we talking more about the music, you guys? The music was so good. Me and Rudy were talking about how bad we hope that this gets a release on vinyl because I need it in my life. Hauntingly cute mom said, I love it. Jenna Ortega played Wednesday perfectly, end quote. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm in awe with Jenna because like from a marketing perspective, I don't know if you guys have been watching. There's all these like fun little games that Netflix is posting with like the cast members and stuff. And Jenna is always like remaining in her like Wednesday persona. And I know that it's part of marketing, but part of me is like, is it part of marketing or is this really, like really her truest form she's ever gotten into? I don't know. Like part of me wants to believe that it's just like she's finally letting her spooky self shine. But another part of me knows like it's definitely a marketing thing. So I don't know. Lalik said, I can't get enough. The dancing was such a clever homage to the original Wednesday. The hide was a little too goofy for me. It was kind of predictable that Richie's character was the master. A normie in an outcast school kind of was already a setup, but overall, I love, love, loved it. I thought of you and how you would have reacted to the Latin references, end quote. Oh, I love the detail in this response, honestly, and I also greatly apologize to Poppy if she heard that and has not finished the show yet. Poppy, you might be like the only person in the entire world who hasn't finished it. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. Let me get back into this. Yes, we discussed the dancing, the hide a little goofy. He was, but I kind of loved that about him because like he actually kind of looked like the actor, if you think about it, like in cartoon form. I don't know. I didn't really have an issue with it, to be honest. Uh, and let's see what else. The Latin references, of course. Yeah, I nearly died every time. I still can't believe I missed the one that Sabrina caught. Hello Sparkles said, loved it. I hope there will be a season two, but I'm scared it will get canceled like everything else on Netflix, end quote. I would not be worried, honestly. Like, I am so confident. If this show does not get picked up again, I will be really surprised. I guess Netflix doesn't want money. <laughs> um, and I think that this is the beginning of something really big, honestly. Like, I can just feel it. I feel it in my spooky bones, you guys. Like, this is it. This is the beginning of something so magical. So, obviously, it's unanimous. You guys loved this show, but I was curious what it meant to you because, obviously, it means a lot to me. Oh. <laughs> and trying so hard, you guys. Okay, 
I think I've cried so much this week that maybe it's just like not going to happen again, but I feel it like it's going to sneak up on me. Okay, Essie Zoon said, it's so nostalgic and brings me the happiness I felt as a little girl first watching The Addams Family. I adore that they casted actual Latinx actors, the music, the vibes, the gloominess. Ugh, so good, end quote. Yes, I really love that they cast the actual Latinx actors. I have one tiny, tiny little complaint. I could be wrong, but I think I when I checked, I saw that Catherine Zeta-Jones is not Latina and it bothered me a little bit but it does make sense it does make sense because Gomez is the one who is Latino so it does make sense that maybe Morticia was not originally Latina but I also feel like I'm not sure how I feel about Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia to begin with she didn't feel as like pristine and polished it felt like she was putting on a show like to me she wasn't believable as Morticia I don't know I just can't put my finger on it but she just didn't feel authentic to me she something that Toil and Trouble mentioned to me was that her dress looked cheap like an actual costume and I can definitely see that like it was so simple that it looked fake if that makes sense it needed some like I think to me it felt like it needed lace almost to make it like a little more fancier. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But I will say that I was thinking about it and I feel like they really missed an opportunity to cast the perfect person for this role. And to me that would have been Sofia Vergara. Because Sofia, if you guys don't know this, actually does not have the accent that she pretends to have on or not pretends, acts into having uh, in different movies television sorry I'm at a loss for words I'm just thinking about it um so I have read in the past that she doesn't actually have that accent but she does it because it helps her get roles which is total bullshit because of course it's a stereotype but I feel like this role would have really given her the opportunity to prove herself as an actress and she would have been the perfect person for this role like she has the looks to pull off Morticia And I think that she definitely has the acting ability to do it. So I would have loved to have seen her in this role. And I think it was such a missed opportunity, you guys. Um, But I'm really hoping that with season two, we can kind of see Morticia come into herself because I don't think we got enough of her to really have like, for me to really be finalized in my opinion, if that makes sense. I will say though, that the young versions of Gomez and Morticia were absolutely phenomenal And I am living for it. And I almost wish we would have gotten a origin story. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past us, but still, I really, really enjoyed it. Bernadette Navarro said, makes me proud, end quote. Man, I can't even tell if you mean like proud as a spooky girl or as a spooky Latina, but man, amen to both. Wild Rose 01 said, it meant everything. I grew up with the original black and white show and the movies, end quote. Man, I did not grow up with the original black and white show but I really love it if you guys don't already know this I don't think you do because it's not a photographable area so I haven't shared it but I actually have a poster of the original Morticia from the tv show right above my desk right next to Lily Munster and it's like my little reminder all the time because I'm facing it all day every day when I'm at the computer that I can be a spooky queen too (laughs) Okay, uh, Yana Loves Michi said it means representation of the Latinx community being seen and heard, end quote. 
Yes. I, I mean, honestly, I think sometimes it surprises me when I hear so many of you resonate with the way I feel because sometimes I feel like I'm so silly, like, ah, you're making so much of it. You're too much, Mandy. But it means a lot to me to hear these things. And I think like that's the kind of thing that reminds me of what the Goalmates podcast meant because I wasn't Mandy Spooks back then. I just started off as as me, Mandy. And I thought like, there's no way anyone's going to resonate with me. But I was just being myself. And that was what brought in all the original Ghoulsters. And now having your your engagement. Sorry, I was <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Having your engagement and like seeing you guys resonate and reciprocate feelings with me as they're happening in real time is so amazing to me and it's so reassuring that this community is like built strongly with a great foundation of so much love and support and people who are just so like-minded and that means the world to me and you'll see like that wasn't even the last comment we're gonna see about Latin representation okay Halloween is my happy place said a welcome return of an iconic character and her family to the screen has been too long I adored the character of Wednesday as portrayed by Christina Ricci in the 90s when growing up. So it means wearing a comfy blanket of nostalgia on my heart when watching, end quote. Oh, my God. I love that. Speak. I was just talking about TGM. Like, TGM was all about nostalgia. And I love this. I, that was so perfectly said. Thank you, Poppy. NBC Lover 1993 said everything. One of my favorite actors. And he couldn't have picked a better Wednesday, end quote. OK, yeah. But like, seriously, can you guys honestly think of anyone who ha who would have done better than Jenna? I don't think so. Like, if any of you have been around for a while, you guys know that I have been preaching about Jenna being amazing for a long time now. So when she was cast, like, I knew. I was like, yep, perfect. She's going to be our girl. But I had no idea how good she was going to be, you guys. Like, even I did not picture the level of iconic it was going to be. Alison Wanderlash said, us weirdos can be cool, hee <laughs> hee, end quote. <sighs> yes. Oh my gosh, somebody make like a fake um, campaign poster for me of Wednesday. Somebody do it, please, and tag me. And it, it'll be like Wednesday making weirdos cool again. <laughs> okay, Hauntingly Cute Mom said, hoping it paves a way for other spooky shows year round, end quote. Yes, guys, I am manifesting this. I'm telling you, 2022 was fueled, powered by spooky ghoul power. And I am so sure that it's just going to keep going from here. Like, spooky is in you guys. And it's because of us. Just saying. <laughs> Lalek said, to me, I'm already a weirdo at heart. When my husband and I first started dating, I told him I wanted to name my first daughter Wednesday. LOL. He sat watching with me and he's like, OK, I see how much you relate to this character. And it made my heart sore like a raven on a mission, end quote, on a mission to have babies, or should I say make babies? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. It was right there. I hope you have a lot of fun on that mission, ghoul. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay, Samantha ESP said, nice Hispanic representation, end quote. Yes, definitely. I told you. Okay, here are the two that really, really got me, you guys. Okay, Life on a Caravan said, I love that goth Latina is now, quotation, a thing. Get it? Oh, my God. That comment sent me, like, 
when I read that comment, I was like literally the definition of that emoji that has like the hearts swirling around it because it feels so loved. That's how I felt read- reading that comment. And then Ghoul with the Curl kind of, for me, put into words exactly how I was feeling. So I wanted to leave that one for the very end. She said, This has even more meaning to me. Not only would I watch the TV show and movies, but now with this version. Oh my gosh, guys. Now with this version, I get to see a piece of myself. We, meaning Latinas, can be spooky too. I almost made it, you guys. But seeing this and seeing that that's what this means to you guys means the world to me. I know Yana Loves Michi has reached out to me personally and told me how it means so much to her to have a Latina leading in the spooky community because there aren't a lot of us out there. And part of my struggle has always been just that there is this very specific version of what a goth girl should look like or what influencers should look like at that. And... It means a lot to me to see that this resonates with so many of you. And I'm so happy that Wednesday went this route because for so long it has been said that like spooky girls should be pale with black hair. And like that is not true. Like that's not what makes you spooky. So I'm so happy to see that this is happening. And I'm so happy to see that so many of you feel represented and seen now because it matters. And that's what this matters to me. Okay. Oh, done with all the emotions. Now on to the fun part, the part we've been waiting for for a while because it was hard not to talk about the binge. So (laughs) it is the moment I have been waiting for. If you're not binging with us, then you can't sit with us because it's time for Bloody Binge Worthy. If you are joining us for the first time, this segment is at the end of the show so that those who decide to binge TV with me can hear me fangirl over the latest season we watched. You can always find what season is coming up in the show notes. This month, we binged The Vampire Diaries Season 4. Okay, so I have very mixed feelings about the season, if I'm being honest, and going over an entire season is proving to be more challenging than I thought. So I guess let's start with my two major reactions to the finale, and then I guess I can like go back to the beginning and kind of backtrack through my thoughts on the season as a whole. So first of all, is anyone else as confused as I am? Did I miss something? If Stefan and Silas are doppelgangers, does that mean that they're Petrovas? Are they related to Catherine and Elena? Because that's kind of weird. Or is it just a totally different thing? I don't know. I'm very confused about that part. And I really hope to get some answers early on in the next season. Secondly, I am very heartbroken for Bonnie. I know I have expressed that I haven't like fallen in love with her the way I have in the past. But it still hit me really hard this season. I felt so bad for her. She keeps getting screwed over and over and over again. And to see her father murdered like that was just horrible. So I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with her. And I feel really bad. But kind of going back to the beginning of the season, I think I was annoyed since the very beginning because it kind of goes back to what I've been saying about how 
when Daddy Damon is around, there is no BSing anything. You guys know if he had been the one to save Elena, he wouldn't have listened to her about saving Matt first. I get that Stefan respects her wishes and all, but she's kind of a lot sometimes. I know we shouldn't say that about other women, but honestly, like, she is. She doesn't listen to anything, you guys. And Damon knows when to just be like, enough whining, we're doing it the right way. Because <laughs> he just knows. He's just like, enough of this. Let's get to business. And I think this is the real reason why I didn't like this season, but the entire love triangle was just weird through the entire season for me. First, I was totally broken when Elena was remembering everything Damon had compelled her to forget. But at the same time, it was weird because she chose Stefan, but was obviously more in love with Damon. I mean, come on. Feeding from him? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like thinking about this as the words came out of my mouth. Feeding from Damon was like the naughtiest thing that has happened on this series. It was so sexy and intimate and like forbidden. It was naughty. And the Halloween party where they're living it up has always been one of my favorite memories, even with my bad memory. Like, I always remember that scene. And I actually in my head thought it was going to be in season two for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, I guess because they're just both so carefree and not overthinking and having fun. Like, it's just a nice moment, in my opinion. Anyway, by the time Elena and Stefan actually broke up, it was like so anticlimactic because we saw how forced the relationship was for a while. Like we all knew she was not into Stefan anymore. And I was honestly so disappointed in how Stefan handled the situation. And I'm really annoyed by how judgy everyone is being about Damon all of a sudden because he had he's done so much good and obviously loves Elena and the sire thing is a bunch of crap, honestly. Like, even the witch told them that a sire bond happens when the person already has feelings for them before they turn. Those are the facts. And it's pretty lame what a sore loser Stefan is being about it because Damon always respected when Elena chose Stefan. Like, do you guys remember when, when they're driving? Stefan and Damon are driving and Damon tells Stefan, if she chooses you... I'll respect it and I'll go away so that you guys can live out like your lives in peace or whatever. Stefan is not having that kind of spirit. He's being a sore loser and I don't like it. Gosh, guys, remember season one, our first episode when I was like, I love Stefan. He's an angel narrator. He was not. <laughs> okay, I'm having too much fun. Oh, I missed you guys. Okay. I'm also super annoyed that my girl, Caroline, of all people, is being Judger, Mick Judgerton, about it too. I especially hated that she broke the girl code and was telling Stefan Elena's business. Like, come on, Caroline. So to say the least, if it wasn't obvious, I personally loved when Rebecca compelled everyone to open up because it was so needed. I hate how Elena is always so hung up on trying to do the right thing instead of being honest because... As I said, it's obvious how she feels, but she's just too self-righteous to be honest about it. It's it's annoying. Like, <sighs> just be with Damon, have fun, let us enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> and I kind of really did hope Stefan and Rebecca would become a thing because he likes being self-righteous and protective. And I feel like that's what she needs. Like, it works very well for her because she wants to be taken care of and loved and believe that there's good in the world. And their 80s moment was cute until Stefan started being a sore loser and taunting Damon about the sire thing. And then Damon rightfully so punched him. <laughs> so I know this is all over the place, but it's hard to remember the entire season in order cohesively. But a few moments that really gutted me this season were when Elena's grief hit her. Despite how much I'm complaining about her 
Um, it was really rough watching that scene, guys. Like I fell apart with her when I saw it happen. I don't know if I've said this before, but I think Nina is such a good actress, honestly, because for me, I think it must be so hard to play twins the way she has, basically twins, doppelgangers, and like be able to nail different personalities that way and just like make you feel what she feels at certain times. So I was really impressed with that scene. It also got me right in the feels when Klaus asked Damon how he gets away with being the bad guy. And to the same token, it broke my heart even more when Damon was telling Elena that she needed to stop trying to change him because he never feels like he's good enough. And he is. Damon, you are good enough. <laughs> Some of the other random things I enjoyed about this season were when Connor haunted Elena. I thought the concept of that was pretty cool, even though Connor annoyed me to no end. I also loved seeing Elena and Rebecca team up and drive Damon's car. And oh my God, right on time, the music in the Christmas episode was a total vibe. Like if you guys need good spooky Christmas vibes or magical vibes, just look up like the Vampire Diaries season four Christmas episode and play it. Like that's it. It's a vibe. I should actually like go in and look up what songs were used so that I could like make a playlist. Oh my God, should I make a playlist, you guys? I might just do that because now I'm curious. I really, really want that music. Okay, and the Klaus and Caroline story is pretty juicy if I do say so myself. I loved Caroline's reaction when she realized she was kissing Klaus and not Tyler. That was pretty funny and sexy. I'm not gonna lie. And yes, Klaus is insane, but I also love the scene where she aggravates him so much and he realizes that Silas has been messing with him the whole time. And thanks to her, like he's so thankful and he tells her like you distracted me long enough to realize it. And you can tell she's like afraid that she means that much to him. Such a moment. Okay. And I think the last thing was just that I enjoyed seeing Elena kick Catherine's ass, honestly. I didn't think she had it in her to show up like that. So good for her. Can you guys tell I have a love-hate relationship with Elena? I'm like, she's so annoying. Oh, she's so awesome. Oh, but I felt so bad for her. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm crazy. Okay. Sorry, I'm having too much of a ghoul time with you guys. Okay. So overall, this season had its good moments, but it was hard for me to get through it, honestly. The Silas storyline really bored me to be frank Ugh, I don't know I just I just wasn't into it honestly it was boring to me I didn't like the whole Silas story and I wasn't into the Hunter's storyline either it was just weird and then just I think like the biggest problem with the season was that like Elena wasn't in a real relationship like it was weird when she was forcing it with Stefan and then it was weird when she was single and then she wasn't like allowing herself to be fully comfortable with Tammy. And it was just a weird season, honestly, overall. And I hope it gets better next season. So in one month on January 1st, oh my God, on New Year's Day, we will be covering all of season five. So get your binge on Ghoul Stairs because I cannot wait to see what happens this next season. And if you're wondering how you could be one of my lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at Not Another Squeaky Podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes. All right, guys, I hope you have enjoyed this roller coaster of emotions. Blame it on the holiday feelers getting the best of me. Go do something spooky or merry, but whatever it is, make sure it makes you smile. Until next time, sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye.